the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the Word? Praise Him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast and I pray it's being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. We're sharing a powerful message that I hope is being a blessing to you. It's called Transformation and Manifestation. Something that God wants to happen in all of our lives. And it should be something that we all should want to happen in our lives too. Transformations that'll cause changes to happen in us as a people that'll make us a more blessed people. Transformations that'll cause changes to happen in our lives that'll cause us to live better, more meaningful lives. And manifestations that'll cause our lives and even other people's lives who are connected to us to be better too. Since God wants those transformations and manifestations to happen in our lives, then we should not only desire them, but we should do whatever we need to do to help those transformations and manifestations to happen in the lives of me and you. We need to learn what we need to do so that every transformation and manifestation that God wants to happen in our lives happens in our lives. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Transformation and Manifestation. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. John chapter 14. Begin reading in verse 7. Letters in red is what Jesus said. He said, if you had known me, ye should have known my father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, quit playing. Well, that's the east side of Detroit, excuse me. Show us the father and it suffices us. Jesus said unto him, Mike, have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that have seen me have seen the father. And how sayest thou then show us the father? Oh, I like that. He said, how long you done been with me that you ain't even recognized that when you seen me, you done seen the father. When you seen me, you done seen the father. Ain't nothing else about the father to see other than what you see in me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What would it be like if you had a whole church walking around just like that? What would it be like if you had a whole church walking around like that? People who walk like, talk like Jesus. Or people that can say, they say, hey man, I love God. I want to, but you seem to know him. I want you to tell me about him. I want you to show me who he is. And then you can turn around and say, hey, how long you done been around me? That you don't know that when you done seen me, you done seen the father. Now see, the world would call you arrogant. And unsuccessful Christians that living it out like they're supposed to will call you arrogant. But we're not arrogant. We're biblical. 
because we were told to be imitators of him. So if he could stand and say, when you've seen me, you've seen the father and God told us to be imitators of him, we must be able to do it. The question is, do we have the mind to do it? Do we have the will to do it? Do we have the want to? Well, see, every time you read the Bible, God's placing a want to in you. You might not know it. I shouldn't tell you. Then you, you know, because then people will stop reading it and stuff like that. But every time you read the Bible and study the word of God, a want to is forming on the inside of you. Because come on, think about yourself. Think about yourself. Back a long time ago, there was a lot of things that you do now you didn't even want to do. Especially things attached to church. Most of y'all, you would have never had a Bible on your lap like you got right now. Somebody say, hey, you want to? I got a Bible for you. You'd be like, I don't want that. And you wouldn't have took it either. Father said, turn with me in your Bible, please. You said, man, I ain't turning now. I only know two books, Genesis, Revelation, front and back. All that stuff in the middle. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I ain't got time. But like, let's praise God. Lift up your voices and praise God. And you'd be like, you wouldn't do it because you didn't have a want to. But it's been forming on the inside of you. You want to come to church. You want to study your word. You want to get up and pray. You want to give God praise. You want to walk this thing out like God wants you to do. You want to be used by God. You want to, you want to, you want to. But that want to didn't come from you. That want to came from God. But God took you when you didn't want nothing to do with him. And he's been transforming you and molding you into the person that you're supposed to be. To the point that one day you could be like Jesus and be able to stand and say, what is it about the father that you have not seen in me? What is it about the father have you not heard through me? Because I don't say nothing other than what my father said. I don't do anything other than what I see him do. Because I'm walking this thing out like I'm supposed to. It's doable. Look at your neighbor say it's doable. Because God told us to be imitators of him. And if that's what he did, we should be able to do the same thing too. Is that James chapter 1? How do we, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Anyway, it says when we've seen Jesus, we've seen the Father. Now, if we want to follow or imitate God, all we have to do is follow and imitate Jesus. I said if we want to follow and imitate God, all we have to do is follow and imitate Jesus. But we have to do it the way. The Bible says do it. See, this is one of the things that's different. And, you know, other people don't want to get into this, but it's true anyway. It ain't enough that you do what he say do. You need you to do it the way he said do. It's not enough that you do what he say do. You got to do it the way he said do. Because doing it the right way is what's going to work. Does that make sense? So let's look at how we're supposed to do it. Verse 9. Read. Jesus said unto him. Have I been so long with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? See, when we seen Jesus, we've seen the Father. But the problem is, a lot of us haven't seen Jesus. That word seen right there means to stare at. To stare at. Which means we can't just took a casual glance at Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, like a lot of people I know, like a lot of people I know. See, there's a lot of people that just take casual glances at Jesus. They just like, yeah, hey, okay, that's G, okay. But they don't stare at him like they're supposed to. We have to stare at him. 
The word stare means to gaze fixedly and intently, especially with your eyes wide open. While you're trying to get as much as you can, see as much as you can. You're trying to see, trying to see. Gee, I want to see you. Shut up, Bosa. I remember, I remember, I remember when I first got born again. I told you about it before. Act like I didn't tell you. I remember I, when I first got born again. Praise God. Spirit of the Lord woke me up, told me to go in there and get, you know, come to church. Boy, it's time to get to church. Well, I went to church, got saved that day. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Woke me up next week, told me to go back. I need you to join the church. I'm like, oh, okay. And so I woke up and got, and went back and joined the church. He woke me up the next week and said, it's time to go back to church. I said, this is three weeks in a row now, you know, because I'm thinking like this. We're we about to equal my whole last year's attendance, praise God, within three weeks here. Like, this three weeks in a row. He didn't tell me why to go this time. He just said, go. So I went, reminded me. He said, you said you followed me for the rest of the days of your life, didn't you? I said, yeah, that's what I said. He said, well, then get up, put your clothes on, let's go. So I got up, went, sitting up in the middle of the service, praise God. I remember, I remember Bishop Butler, who was Pastor Butler at that time, he walked across the stage, get ready to take his seat that he was about to take. And the Lord spoke to me then. Told me the reason why I was there that time. He said, see that guy right there? He said, I need you to watch him. Because you're going to be him. I was like, no. Because see, I was still had too much street in me. I had too much cool in me. I had too much, I, I had too much old school cool in me. Praise God. And, and Bishop was not that kind of cool individual. You know. Not not from the street perspective. Are you listening to me up here? I was like, no. I'm thinking like, so I gotta lose my cool, Lord. I gotta lose my cool. I gotta lose. I gotta. I gotta lose my swagger. I gotta lose all that. I gotta lose. I said, oh Lord. I, I said I'd follow you. I mean, but come on, man. Can I can I hold on to some of my cool? Either. But that didn't matter what he was talking about. There was a mindset that the man had. There was a way about him that I had to learn because he wanted me to be imitator of him who was trying to be an imitator of Jesus. The Bible says, follow me as I'm following Christ. He was following Christ. I had to learn how to follow Christ by following somebody that was following Christ because I had to see because I didn't know what I was looking at, but I could see him and I could know what he do. So I began to start watching him, gazing at him. Like I said, to gaze fixedly and intently. I would just sit up and watch the man. I quit running out of church like y'all do. When the, when the man say every head bowed and every eye closed, praise God. I quit doing that. And I just, and I just, I just sit there, praise God. And I sit there and I watch the man. I watch how he interact with people. I watch how he, I watch how he interacted with the other people who was volunteers. I watched how he dealt with people. I watched how he stood in long, you know, I watched, I just watched him. I watched him. But as I was watching him, I was learning things. Cause if you watch somebody long enough, you'll learn some things. So I don't believe in love at first sight. I don't believe it that. Praise God. Hallelujah. You don't know them. You don't know nothing about them. You just saw what you liked. That's all. Hallelujah. You stick around for a while so you can find out what, you can learn some things. Learn that they chew loud. So that you can determine whether you want to be around a person that chew that loud. With food falling out their mouth while they chewing too. So you better find out now before the great multiplying the magnifier kick in. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because you're stuck then. Praise God. Amen. We need to stare at Jesus. See, it's by staring at him that we'll see him like we're supposed to see him. 
And if we're going to successfully follow and imitate him, we got to stare at him. We got to look at him intently with the intention to imitate him. Otherwise, we'll be like the person that James spoke about who sees him but forgets what he sees. Turn to James chapter one. We'll be like this person. Now, this person that James talked about is does it with himself. But at the same time, we'll do it with Jesus. Same way too. Same principle. It's a principle. It's a principle. James chapter one. I say, if we don't stare at Jesus like we're supposed to do it, then we'll see him, but we'll forget what we saw right after we saw it. Hallelujah. If some of us had the ability to draw, I mean, things that look like what you draw. So some of us had the ability to draw. And if we took a casual glance at somebody and then closed our eyes, and if we drew a portrait of them, and then opened our eyes and then compared a portrait to what we see, it won't be like what they look like. Because we didn't look at them enough. But if we stare at them, turn it around you'd be like wow look at that look just like me got that thing oh did I have broccoli in my teeth oh <laughs> because we'll see everything that you need to see see when you stare at somebody and look at somebody long enough you'll see things that you normally wouldn't see mm-hmm. anyway the book of James verse 23 it reads like this. It says, but it says, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Or another way to say he glanced at it. He looked at it for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetting what manner of man he was. See, some of us, we look at Jesus and then walk away forgetting who he was. We forget all about what he was. Mm-hmm. We go out and act in a different way. Conducting ourselves like we never saw him before in our lives. But we got to learn to be able to look at him like we're supposed to. So we don't be like this guy and be a person who forgetteth. Forgetteth. That word forgetteth right there means to lose out of mind. To lose out of mind. See, some of us, we get a thought about who Jesus is and what he's about and what he's like. But then we forget it right afterwards. Praise God. I said we forget it right afterwards. We forget it right afterwards. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I said, we forget it right afterwards. <laughs> we forget it right afterwards. But see, God don't want you forgetting stuff right afterwards. I said, he don't want you forgetting stuff right after. He wanted to be drilled in your head what the word said about who Jesus is and what Jesus is like to. He wants it drilled deep on the inside of you, engraved in your mind. That's one of the reasons why he's speaking of the New Testament saying, in the Old Testament, he says, and I'm, he said, and, and, and I will make a new covenant with you. And I'm going to write my laws in their hearts and in their minds. Now, the King James uses the word rights. But if you look it up in the Hebrew, it means engraves. He wants to engrave his laws in your heart and in your mind. Put it deep within you so it becomes a part of you. God wants it to become deep within you so it becomes a part of you. Who Jesus is and simultaneously who you are so that you can then be able to live this thing out like you're supposed to. Hallelujah. That's why we don't just that's why we don't just stare at Jesus to be staring at him. 
But we stare at him to learn what to do, and then we do it. I said we learn what to do, and then we do it. Because when we do it, that's when it gets engraved on the inside of me and you. Amen. That's how you get engraved on the inside. You can get engraved on the inside of you when you start doing it. Make the adjustment. Make the change. Begin to start living it. Now you're going to get to remembering it. Amen. That's why he says further on, further on, read that. He said, verse 25, he said, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, be he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. See, what's going to make us blessed, as we're supposed to be, is if we begin to do what we see. See, if I'm going to imitate you, I'm going to do what I see you do. Because if I don't do what I see you do, even though I'm watching you do, seeing what you do, but if I don't do it too, then not only am I not imitating you, but later on I won't imitate you because I will forget what you did. I got to do it. I said, we got to do it. God wants us to do it. Go back to Ephesians chapter 5, please. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He want us to do it. See, most of much, too much of the church of the living God has head knowledge of Jesus versus practical experience at living this thing out like we're supposed to. We got to do it. Somebody say do it. Hallelujah. That's why I said earlier, if a man seemed to be religious, but yet not bridled of his tongue, the underlying premise was that, like I told you to, hallelujah, then, 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 then you, you ain't, you ain't, what's up? You ain't blessed. You fake. And see, God don't want all these fake people running around. Look at your neighbor and say, he ain't talking about you, though. He ain't talking about you. He wants some, he wants the real deal. Now, he's going to work with us, train us, develop us, and provide us everything necessary for it to happen. But I'm telling you what his intention is, and that's he wants it to happen. That's why he says stuff like Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, Be therefore followers of God as dear children. And walk in love. Not think. Not just, not just think. I need you to walk in love. Not just think in love. He wants you to walk in love as Christ also loved us. That word walk right there means to tread all, about, all around. That is to walk at large. To tread all around. That is to walk at large, especially as proof of ability. Walk at large, especially as proof of ability. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's like some folk. Y'all never had this problem, praise God. Some folk, praise God, they riding down the street and get pulled over by SAPD. And SAPD pulled over and said, let me have your license and registrations and proof of insurance, please. Some of y'all was quoting it because you know what they say. Cause, <laughs> amen. And, and, and right along with me. And they say, so, um, you know why I pulled you over, right? He said, not really, sir. Why? He said, because, uh, you know, we suspect you of uh, driving under the influence. And then you can say to them, I'm not driving under the influence. I'm, sir, I'm fine. They say, get out of the car, please. And you say, but, but sir. He said, get out of the car, please. And they say, I need, see that line right there? I need you to walk that line. Why? 
Because you can say all you want to. I want you to walk it as proof of ability. We say, okay, sir. He said, now put your finger on your nose while you do it too. <laughs> well, you know, I've been sitting for a long time. You know, if you're sitting for a long time, legs ain't, you know, just get, you know come on, legs, you know. You. <laughs> okay, I walked it. That's like a lot of Christians. I can be like Christ. So no, you need to walk it as proof of ability. You need to walk it as proof of ability. I love God. Walk it as proof of ability. I do like I'm supposed to do. Walk it as proof of ability. <laughs> walk it as proof of ability. That's what he wants us to do. Because see, our walk confirms or contradicts our talk. Our walk will confirm or contradict our talk. Does that make sense? He said, I need you to do it all around too. Because it means to tread all around. All around infers everywhere we go. And in everything we do. Everywhere we go. And in everything we do. God wants us to imitate Jesus by walking like Jesus. Walked and do what Jesus did everywhere we go. And everything we do. That means not just in, the, in God's house. But in your house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you go to work. Where you go after work. Everything is supposed to be be imitators of him as dear children and walk in love just like he walked in love. God wants us to imitate Jesus by walking like Jesus walked and doing what he did everywhere we go. And everything we do, everywhere we go, everywhere, no matter what we run into when we get there. Because I want you to do it there too. Figuratively, that word walk means to live. Figuratively, that word walk means to live. God wants us to live being followers of him. He wants to live our lives being followers of him, to live our lives being imitators of him, live our lives that way, live our lives that way. Not a moment in time, but all the time. He said, I want you to live your life like that, to live our lives following or at least endeavoring to follow him as the model or an example. I said, at least endeavor. Oh, brother, I can't do it. You ain't even tried yet. At least try. You might find out you got more ability in you than you think you do. Because every time God shares with you what to do, he gives you the ability to do simultaneously. I said, every time God shares with you what to do, he gives you the ability to do simultaneously. What is the word of God? It is the power of God unto salvation. Praise God. It's the power of God unto salvation. Just because you got the word don't make you saved, but it gives you the power to get saved. It's unto, unto salvation. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. It gives us what's necessary to be able to get it done. Hebrews chapter four told us. That the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the, of the, of the joints and the marrow and, 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 and all that other stuff, stuff. You know, it's this divide asunder, praise God. But it starts off that it's quick and powerful. That word quick means alive and life-giving. But that word powerful in the Greek is the word enegese, which is talking about it gives us the ability, the energy, the ability to do. It gives us what to do. So whenever God tells you to do something, you can't come back to him and say, I can't. The moment he says it, you got you can't use I can't no more. Because if you receive the word, you receive the power to do it. I said, if you receive the word, you receive the power to do it. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed by what the word of God had to say. I hope that you're seeing that it's true. There are transformations and manifestations that God wants to happen in the lives of me and you transformation and manifestations that are happen if we cooperate with him so he can cause them to happen. If you want to hear this message in its entirety, 
Just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassey Road, San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. And don't forget, we have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service that'll pick you up at home and then drop you off at home after the service. So if you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, just call us at the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. And to all of our senior saints in San Antonio and surrounding areas, I want to invite all of you to an exciting fellowship that's held at Word of Faith just for you. It's called Age of Grace. Age of Grace is a monthly mature adult fellowship for the saints ages 55 through 155 from all over San Antonio and surrounding areas that meets the third Saturday of every month from 9.30 a.m. until around 12 noon where our Silver Saints, our Golden Gang, and our Platinum Pack get together for food and fun and fellowship, periodic inexpensive outings and day trips, and of course, the Word of God. There's no charge, but a free will offering will be taken. If you need a ride, VIP transportation service is available for this too. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'd be glad to come and get you. So if you've been blessed to reach the age of age grace, that's age 55 through 155, and you're up for hanging out with some other saints your age who love God, love the Word of God, and still love having fun and fellowshipping too, then Age of Grace Fellowship at Word of Faith is the perfect fellowship for you. So come on through and bring some other word-loving, fun-loving saints who are in the Age of Grace with you. You'll be so glad you did, and they will too. And by the way, if you're 156 years or older, just call me up. I'll get you in. Don't forget to tune into our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 